You find yourself in the kitchen. You see an eclair in the receptacle, and you think to yourself, what the hell, I'll just eat some trash. No, 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 no. It was not trash. Was it in the trash? Yes. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing, man? That's my character. I'm the trash man. I come out, I throw trash all over the all over the ring. And then I start eating garbage. Look at the garbage Frank! Alright, I'm, I'm pretty much contained. Alright. I think I I got all my papers. I'm excited. Alright, let's do this thing. Ahem. Um uh, hey, welcome to Retro Film Day, episode twenty-eight, blah 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 blah. Three movies. Yes, this uh, month we're doing to be trash. Um, Kevin picked out three movies he really wanted to watch. Uh, mm. We got Death no. Promise, we've got Mission Kill Fast, <laughs> and Hell Comes to Frogtown. We will not revise history. This was your idea. You are the one that said, "No, hey, no, 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 no." You, you said this would make for an interesting film. Dang, when I said, "Okay, sure, if you really want to." You said to me, you know what, uh, Kevin, I haven't seen The Godfather yet, but uh, I would rather watch these three movies than, uh, than anything of quality. I, I, this, this, is, this is the road I go down. I have seen The Godfather, and I've been thinking of watching it again recently. We should. We should make that a, We should make the I, first I've never seen the thing. sequels. The second one is, it's just more Godfather. It's the yeah, same I, story. I hear many, many, many things about Good. that. All right. But let's not... We'll talk about Godfather another time. Because this time we're talking about Death Promise. And then we're going to be talking about Mission Killfast. And then we're going to be talking about Hell Comes to Frogtown. All right. This All should right, be well, good. Well, this should be good. <laughs> this should be good. It'll be interesting. Just out of curiosity, did you watch them in this order? I did. Okay, good. I Me too. And I only I only watched them in this order because that is what the order they were in our rundown for forever. And I wanted to save Hell Comes to Frogtown last because I thought in my mind I was thinking that would be the most crazy one. It, it, like the premise and everything seemed the most crazy to me, so. Okay, well, let's just That's... get into it. Movie number one. Death Promise from 
would you care to read one? That, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm a frog now. See that? That was That's, I should have saved that for Hell's Comes to Frog Town. Yeah, no, you ruined it. I totally you did. Ju- you jumped the gun like a frog would. Yeah. Jump. All right. Oh, we are off to a great start here. Uh, would All you right, care death, to do the rundown? Yes, Death Promise. An apartment dweller goes on a search and destroy mission to kill the ruthless landlords who murdered his family. Film stars father. Charles, his father. Oh, my yes. goodness. And when you Film, read it like that, when you read the rundown, you make it sound like it's a promising thing. It, it does sound promising until you watch it. Uh, film stars Charles Bonet, I'm going to say. It's not Bonnet, Bonet. Gonna say it's like French. Lisa Bonet. Yeah. Uh, Speedy Leacock, that was my favorite name, by the way. And they <laughs> didn't change his name for the movie. They just kept no. calling him Speedy. When, uh, actually, in the movie, he does introduce him as Speedy Leacock. Oh, they, and, even the last name's the same. Yeah, so I assume oh. that was his character name. And then only afterwards, when I was... You know, looking things up for this, I said, "Oh no, that's just his name." Same with Tiger Yang. Tiger Yang is Tiger Yang, and in the movie he plays Tiger Yang. But so is Jerry Seinfeld. So, uh, and Bill Louie. We can't forget Bill Louie. Uh, director is Robert Warmflash. Warmflash. <laughs> uh, writing credits: Norbert Alberson. Runtime: one hour thirty-five minutes. Too long. Budget is meager. <laughs> And box office is probably didn't make anything. Uh, poster tagline: "Filthy rich landlords get away with murder. It's time they pay for it." All right. This movie does have a pretty good poster. It does, yeah. Uh, I, I like those old school painted uh, posters. So that's yeah. That's you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's one of the best things about 2B TV. When you go to Netflix or something, there'll be a little screenshot and they put the title of the movie there. But with Tubi, you get the actual posters. Yeah. So you can admire the artwork. Yeah. And sometimes the on Netflix, whatever the thumbnail they use, is totally random. Like, uh, like it'll even be a scene you forgot about in the movie. or Right. Or just a close up of, you know, one character and then they'll, yeah. you know, cut away the background and just put the title there or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like oh. looking at the posters myself, too. All right. You ready fun for facts? some fun facts? I am. The UK video version released as Payoff Time. That's a pretty fun title, too. Because I, I had no idea what the story was behind this when I started watching it. That sounds cool. Payoff Time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the UK video version was cut by 1 minute and 25 seconds and removed all shots of throwing stars. Because if you remember back in the day, the UK hated like ninjas and stuff. Oh, that's right. Like the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah. Well, Raphael couldn't have his swords, right? No, it it was something about nunchucks for some reason. Swords were okay, size were okay, but nunchucks were deemed too violent. So Michelangelo... Um, they, they would like cut out shots of his nunchucks. And then eventually over the course of that first series, he stopped using them. I think it was, it was a gradual thing. First, he would stop using them to attack people. He would only like throw them at objects. Then he stopped using them altogether. Then they gave him like a, a zip line that he was using instead. It's really <laughs> stupid. 
A zip line. Yeah. All right. Um, well, how? Because there are nin- nunchucks in this movie. I don't know. Could, well, this was earlier. Out? This was 1977. Oh, okay. So maybe right. back then they just had a problem with the ninja stars because okay. you know people would get them and start throwing them around, and then later on it, you know, went into nunchucks also, and and then they they wised up and said this is stupid. Uh, and the next fun fact: this is a classic Richard fun fact to sarcastically kind of say that there are no more fun facts, and it just says currently available on Tubi TV dot com. Oh, that's true. If if you're interested in finding this movie, you know where to look. That's they couldn't get that from this being our Tubi movie episode. No. And would you like a blank <laughs> section there? I'll okay. So I'll say this about Death Promise. Um, out of the three movies they we watched, I enjoyed this one the most. Um. I, I mean, I, at times, it felt like a movie, if that, if that makes any sense. It's definitely technically not the best movie. There are a lot of technical problems with it. They had a lot of issue with getting, uh, with lighting, really. Uh, lighting, I mean, I, I, I'm no expert or anything like that, but I did take a television course, and you generally want to light from above down, because that is what light naturally is usually is your light source yeah. is either the sun or if you're inside it's there's some overhead lighting you know you can play with it when you got lamps and all that stuff uh for some reason in this movie they decided to do all the lighting the indoor lighting um straight on so there was always a shadow cast behind yeah there were a couple the of particular scenes where it was really jarring they did some yeah. uh free free handheld shots yeah, at times, and then the shadows are just like it's like there's a fire in the room. The shadows are bouncing all over the walls. It's really distracting, and of course, it, it would catch the uh, microphone all the time. So you'd see the mic <laughs> the shadow uh, floating around in there all the time. Mm. Um, I did like the theme song. Oh, that was great! Yeah, that, the theme song was was really good. It was like death promised, and and it was like a it was like a a, a male and female. Uh, two people singing it at the same time. I wouldn't say they were harmonizing. It didn't seem like they were trying to be in the same vocal range or anything like that. It just seemed like as if he was talking and she was kind of singing. Maybe they were going for like an Ike and Tina kind of thing or something. I don't know. That was um, a catchy song. But yeah, that was good. Uh, so they come out and they're... Uh, so the theme song starts and everything. And it's the two guys. You got your two heroes. They're in matching yellow track suits. Yes. <laughs> so running together, having a nice little jog. Um, and then they they separate from each other. The the his friend, Speedy Leacock, uh, you know, he says goodbye, I'll talk to you later. And then our hero was a protagonist. The protagonist was Charlie in this one, right? Yes. Charlie uh goes inside of his apartment. And it was a really nice establishing shot where you're watching uh Charlie uh, in in the room, in in his like small tiny apartment, he's got real crappy, um, you know, appliances, and nothing seems to be working. And you can just get all that from looking at what's happening. Um, but for some reason, they decided to add a VO 
of some narrator who only appears at this one part in the movie. He does not show up again, but he comes on and he tells you what you're seeing yep. for some bizarre <laughs> reason. Yeah. Uh, again, I had no idea what the story was about when I clicked on this, but uh, Charlie goes in, he, he sits there and I'm, I was curious if the narration was uh, planned or if they got to the point and realized we let this shot go way too long, why don't we throw some narration over it? But every other shot in the movie is super fast. They don't they don't linger mm-hmm. on anything. Uh, the level of acting uh, in this is, I'm gonna go there and say my line. Cut. Okay, go say your <laughs> line. Cut. You know, there's there's no atmosphere the actors don't hold the scene or anything there are no little one-off looks or anything it's just go say the line okay stop um so yeah i guess they just felt that was a good idea because yeah like you said he only has the one time for that narration they do some strange voiceovers uh later on from charlie he's like oh no my dad and and i'm gonna get revenge right yeah yeah but the narrator just yeah. One and done. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was totally unnecessary because I was getting everything as I was, I was, as I was seeing it. Um, so these, uh, so I guess the the per- like the the story of this film, if you can call it a story, is that um, this these people live in the slums. Basically, um, I I don't know if they pay rent. I don't know if they're squatting. In these buildings, they pay well, utilities. That, yeah, you get the first, um, you get the first inclination that something's wrong. Well, I guess it's not the first, but the big problem with the story. All right, they they live in the slums. They were, or, you know, reasonably okay apartments. They're not necessarily a terrible neighborhood. There's no issues with crime or anything. And the neighbors, you have a short scene of them together. It seems like they get along. The problem is that their landlord is intentionally trying to get them out of the building. Um, so the pow- when Charlie goes back to his home, the water doesn't work. The lights go out. The gas is off, like everything at once is just like, oh, you know, one after the other comically. Now this isn't working. And you find out that it's not that they haven't paid their bills. It's that the landlords are hiring like like two bit thugs to come in and intentionally pull the wires out and, and mess with the gas and, you know, the power and everything to turn it off because the landlords are trying to get them out of the building. But we don't know why. They never explain really why they're trying to do it. They're going to make you, money. They're, yeah, <laughs> they're going to make money. That, there's no like we're going to demolish the building and sell to you know some superstore and, and we're going to get a lot of money for selling the property. It's just we're going to get rid of them and we're going to get money. Wouldn't Aren't you making money from your tenants who are paying their rent? Isn't Even that if it was... Business? Like they want to get rid of all these people and get more higher end uh, uh, or, or something so they could charge more or something, you know, but there's yeah. just and that's no the other explanation. Thing. It's they, there's a group of them. It's not just one landlord. There's, there's whole, there was, I forget, what was it called? It was like the, 
the Landlord League, or they had some kind of weird name for it. Landlord but, League, I missed that one. I don't know, there was something. But yeah, they, they're trying to get them out of the building, and that's it. So there's Charlie, who lives with his dad, and then his friend probably lives nearby in, in another building. But everybody seems to be affected by this. Um, so they they catch a couple of the guys who are vandalizing the building. They're they're they cutting were, off power. They're bringing yeah boxes rats. of dusty rats. They had this big <laughs> box full of dust and rats, and they just let it run into the building. And then of course um, Charlie and his friend Speedy they both study martial arts. They go to uh, did you see the sign? Uh, I did not. It was called the Double Dragons Karate Academy. Oh, an NES reference. No, 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 in no. 19, in 1977. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the game took it from this movie. Who knows? Well, they're in the streets. Yeah. You know? There were also a lot of Puerto Rico shirts at the beginning. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, like uh, the hero and one of the thugs. Or a couple of people wearing Puerto Rico shirts. It, it was almost like as if they wanted to make sure that they weren't making any sort of political statement against Puerto Rico by having a bad guy and a good guy wearing Puerto Rico shirts. I don't think but they thought they, that far. <laughs> what they could have done is just not have anyone wear Puerto Rico <laughs> shirts. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, then then that's kind of the movie. The only other big thing in there is uh, the father. I think uh, Lewis. I think Lewis was his name. Lewis? Okay. Yeah. So at one point, they stop some of those thugs after they catch them messing with the building. And, you know, all the tenants are around, like, let's beat them up, let's beat them up. But the father comes in, he's like, no. These guys, they're low level. They don't know who they're working for. Let them go. Um, you know, we're we're gonna stay strong. We're gonna fight through this together. He's like the the guy who's trying to rally them all together. So naturally, he's the one that's got to go. So they, the the filthy landlord league, uh, gets together and they have him killed. And then, I want to say that's their plan, but it's not really their plan because the there's a twist involving his death that's not really a twist because i when you know, either the director or the cinematographer didn't realize that when you film the secret subject in shadow and distance yeah <laughs> you actually have to create shadow and distance yes you notice the who the ringleader is very early on in the film because he's, he's i don't know if he's right supposed there. To, yeah i don't know if he's supposed to be off camera or not think, but well here's what happens you you have your established landlords and then you have the secret shadowy figure who's sitting there petting a black cat. cat and has this big fancy ring and you know you get this dr claw image from inspector gadget and, you know, that's supposed to be the, the big secret. Who is this? But you can see exactly who it is. It's another <laughs> character that was introduced <laughs> earlier. And, I, you know, he's slightly out of focus. Maybe they thought that was enough. Maybe they weren't screening their dailies and they, you know, just on like a little monitor. That, oh, Maybe. yeah, you can't really tell. 
Maybe it was they cut saw, off on their monitor. They saw that in another film. They thought, that's a great shot. We should do that. But you, you got to make sure you can't see him. Right. Um, so, so after Charlie's dad gets killed, Charlie discovers him, goes, oh, my God, and then runs away. Um, and then we, we have to have his friend go up to the, the apartment. Speedy. Speedy goes up there. And then we get the whole, like, okay, he was killed, and, you know, he's calling an ambulance. No, he doesn't even call an ambulance. No, he, he calls his friend. Yeah. He, no, calls, it was, his, it was he calls his sensei. Yeah. Right, right, right. Sensei, yeah. He's like, oh, dead guy. And then, like, finally the third party who's not even there is like, oh, let's call an ambulance or, you know, report this and <laughs> something. And Speedy didn't seem to be too shaken up by the whole well, thing. Well, neither did like, uh, neither did his son. He just Well, he ran away. He ran away and he was very angry. He he walked slowly down the street <laughs> and then later on Speedy just goes and follows him and then they go sit in a stairwell. Uh, so but yeah. here's where things get a little odd. A l- here? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> before we move on, what did you think of like when the guys were bringing in the box of rats to dump into the building? What did you think of the extreme close-up shots of rats? That yeah, just that, that, they do show that up later on. Where as well, yeah. It, it's like they're cutting into the box before we, as the audience, know what's in the box. So it, it's just sloppy editing. Yeah, you know? like, but we already know what's like. We would see what's in the box when he dumps it out and a bunch of rats come out. Plus the, the, the close-up shot of the of rat is, is brown. And when he dumps them out, they're gray and dusty or something. Well, they're all covered in dust. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had the shot. At some point, they decided, let's shoot close-ups of rats. And then they decided, all right, we're going to use this. And they liked it so much, they did another rat scene later with a bag of rats. Yes. And they did I, the same I, thing where you, you see their same bat. trick. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if they didn't really feel as if they had a lot of confidence in the people who would be watching this that would be able to follow along what's going on. Like, we can't expect people just to sit there and watch the guy in this old crappy apartment. We need to add a VO to let people know what's going on. We can't just expect people to watch guys walk into a building carrying a box. We got to tell them what's in the box. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe I, I don't they were know. Maybe we wouldn't recognize the rats all covered in dust, so they had to get a good close-up shot. Maybe, maybe to emphasize that it is indeed uh, mm-hmm. rats. Okay, I'm glad. I thought I had missed something in this movie. I'm glad that you said that. Like that's not really explained too well, and what these what these landlords are doing, why they're banding together, why they want to kick these guys out. I thought I had missed something, and I didn't really feel like rewatching the beginning of the movie again <laughs> to see if I missed something. So. That's that's good. I'm I'm glad you said all that. No, I did find my memo though. It was called the Landlord Syndicate. Landlord Syndicate. Okay, yes. very good. Very there was good. also a double shot of one of the landlords, uh, Jackson. He they're all sitting around having a Landlord Syndicate meeting, okay. and he he takes off his glasses to say something, and then the next time you see him, he does the same thing. He takes off his glasses again to say <laughs> something. <laughs> There's a lot of bad edits. Uh, yeah, they they send some thugs to try to burn down the building. Uh, with oh, did you catch that shot? There's like fire and sirens and something's burning, and it cuts to a shot of Charlie just casually reading the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, 
you hear it like sirens blaring in the background and i'm yeah. waiting like oh is he gonna suddenly hear it is this one of those mistakes like you you're not supposed to see that guy but you can see him and yeah. you're not supposed to hear that sound but you can hear it but no it cuts to him hearing new thugs starting to start trying to start a new fire at his building right and he goes out and he chokes him out and every time he beats up a thug he's like who do you work for who do you work for and he's doing this really intense like pose this is another one of those films that tried to capitalize on the bruce lee image like after bruce lee died yeah they had all like the fake bruce lees and wannabes because his appearance and style seems to be very reminiscent even the yellow jogging suits there's that iconic um yellow suit with the stripes that bruce lee wore in a movie um you've got um their their karate sensei whose name is shibata which is a japanese name but he's played by a chinese actor who speaks chinese in the movie sure Uh, it's all asian it's all the same right oh his hair his dad had a nice little backstory he he lost to sugar ray leonard he was a boxer that's right that was good yeah and and they do lots of scenes like he says they're gonna get this over my dead body and then he has like a time with his his son and his friend he's like my son and my other son right i'm I'm so proud of you guys and and he has a scene with his friend he's like "I, i love you and they're hugging and everything and of course you know yeah he's gonna die he's gonna die oh, of course. yeah like ah, it's just setting it's set. okay there you go they got all the cliche lines out of the way so you can kill him off okay but here's the weird part here's the really weird part what's the moral of the story what does charlie do after his his dad dies his dad had prepared a list he knew who the 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 bad guys were and instead of telling his son he gives the list to his friend who is his uh, his son's teacher, his karate teacher. He says, if my son finds out who killed me, he's going to get himself hurt. Right. I need him to calm down, think about it and do things properly. So don't give him this list until, you know, a- after a little bit of time, which apparently was six months. He finds that his dad dies. He goes to his teacher and says i want to fight i want to get revenge i want to kill i want to murder and he says okay go to my teacher and he'll teach you how to murder properly right (laughs) makes perfect sense uh, so he goes and you expect the ah he, he goes to the his teacher's teacher who is like this wise old sensei i think that's his name was sup kim sup kim was that was the, that was the other student. Oh, okay. Sorry. The, the other teacher, he was um, Master Ying. Okay. No, no. Ying was Tiger Ying. Uh, it doesn't matter. There, there's a master in there. No, his name is Master Ying. We had, we had double Yings. Lots of Yings. But no Yings. He, Master Yang. Ying is played by probably the youngest person in the film. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> just had, like some gray, gray in, streaks in the hair. on top of his black hair, and yeah. then like some wrinkly old man makeup. Yes, yep, totally. Yeah, but at least we could understand what he said. Unlike uh, his regular teacher, who about every third or fourth word you could make out. Yeah, 
if that. Part, part of it was his pronunciation. Part of it was the miking. It's just, I don't know. But anyway, he goes to him and then he teaches him how to murder. Like right. he, he trains him how to kill. And then he goes back to, uh, he makes a Wait, friend there. Before he goes back, this mm-hmm. uh, old, uh, what's his name again? Yang? Master Ying. Master Ying. Master Ying um, kills a fly with chopsticks. Which, no, no, uh, no. It was uh, Charlie who did that. Was it Charlie? Yeah, because he was oh. training hard. And, and Master Ying's like, this fly is annoying. Oh, me. right, right, right. Okay. Well, that was a uh, karate kid. Ripped it yeah, off. Yeah, totally. Way to go, off. karate kid. All right. So he trains now, him. And then on his way out, though, he presents him with this box of five shuriken, five ninja mm-hmm. stars. Right. And I was like, oh, that's it. He's There are five guys. He's going to use one for each of them. That's going to no. be his calling card. No. No. He doesn't no. do that. It gets crazier than that. <laughs> it, gets, it gets much the, crazier. The, the, the kills were the craziest part. The, the kills. So, yeah, he goes back. elaborate... <laughs> Kill. you have to you have to kill these guys in extremely elaborate ways because it's entertaining so he goes back to new york this all takes place in new york yep. except for where six months later now six months later he goes back and now he's going to kill these guys one at a time because uh, he has a list i can't remember how he gets a list or that's right he was going to find out but speedy had the list and speedy has been had been tailing all these guys so he has yeah, like all yeah. their plan like all he's their all uh, routine. The That's right. Did all the recon work while he's gone, so he knows all the routines. So now this guy is going to kill them, uh, kill them all. Uh, so the first guy he goes and kills is um, uh, I can't remember his name. I but, remember. Uh, it, it, well, there was the guy, and he had like a little assistant, Jake. I got a, I got a note here. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. Jake was the worst acting in the movie. He was the <laughs> da, da boss. Guy. Like, oh, I don't know, boss. Should we do this? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, he was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, so, th- so we're going to get into spoiler territory now because we need to spoil this stuff because we need to talk about it. Uh, so the first guy, um, he's kind of like a Guido, I guess. Uh, he seems like an Yeah, he's Italian supposed to be Guido. the mafioso guy. Right, right, right. Um, so they they sneak onto his premises. And this is what I loved about all the guards in this movie is the guards are guard. He's got a lot of guards and they're all guarding the premise, but none of them look away from the premise to see right. if anyone's coming to the premise. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're looking, looking in. in. Yeah. <laughs> so like they're looking intently in at an empty uh, tennis court yeah. because it's that's not what even you like do. They're looking, they're not looking at the boss. They're no. just looking in at yeah. the area around. There's an empty tennis court. Let's keep an eye on this. T- hey, the boss told us to keep an eye on the tennis court, and we're going to keep an <laughs> eye on the tennis court. We're not going to look behind us to see if anyone's sneaking up behind us. We're just going to watch that tennis court. Something else. Absolutely love that part. Uh, and then so finally they do kill the guy, uh, but they do this elaborate thing. There there was this thing where the the the... the the Guido guy wanted to have Jake, the the boss guy, to like uh, throw, shoot at arrows at a target. Yeah, Guido guy was doing his archery practice, right? And he got like three bullseyes, and he's he's bragging to Jake about it. He's like, "Hey, can you do that?" And then Jake's like, "All right, whatever." And he's holding a tray when he does it, and and he says, "Okay," and he just throws the tray on the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> tries to take the boss's bow. Right. Like, no, no, no. Go get your own. Oh, it's in the shed. And, and there's this whole awkward scene. He's got to go look for it. He's digging through trash and everything. I think he's talking to himself the... the whole time. Whoa, where's that bow? What is this? So I go look over here. Oh, come on, you stupid bow. Maybe that's a comic relief. I don't know. Maybe. It's, it certainly built the tension to. Well, you uh, needed something because it... they got the job done, but it doesn't seem like it was a plan. No, right? they were just kind of improvising, I guess. Right, because you. All right, he's going to go in. He's going to do something. He's going to get his revenge. But um, basically what they do is when Jake steps away, he confronts the mafioso guy. But then instead of just killing him, he brings him around the back of the target, the archery target, ties him up and has him there. Jake comes back with his bow and arrow. Doesn't wait for his boss because his boss boss isn't there. Boss not there, no. But he's just oh practice, and then he starts, you know, throwing bows, uh, throwing arrows out, and uh, gets a couple of bullseyes, and then cut to around the the back of the target. The arrows, which only penetrate about a few centimeters from the front, are now like <laughs> half their width through the board, <laughs> and you know, struck through the boss's body. Yeah, 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 and then. And then he, they even go through the detail of him finding. I think like he pulls yeah. the arrow out. He pulls what? He pulls an arrow out that that was stuck in maybe an inch and a half, and it's and it now has blood on it. Right. It comes like back <laughs> through his skull. You right. know, completely, very easily too. It just, yeah. Just pulls right Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Turns around and sees the boss, and then yeah, I think it's the end of the scene. Uh, so that's <laughs> one guy down. The next guy. He kills by so the guy the guy they get into a confrontation. Eventually the bad guy, the landlord, gets into his car with his number one guy, and they're trying to run down Charlie. They're trying mm-hmm. to like run him down with the car. And eventually Charlie just kind of deeks the car. He gets off the one side and he punches the side passenger window where the boss is sitting, punches while the car is moving. The car's moving yep. right by him, punches that window. This goes through the side car window and hits the boss and the boss is instantly dead. Did he hit the boss? I thought it was just the, the shrapnel, glass? like all the glass coming at oh, him because they maybe. show him all cut up. Maybe he cut his hand yeah, too. Oh. Yeah. He cut his hand, but that, that goes away, but he punches right through that window. You see the shattered glass and then the boss is all bloody yeah. and just unconscious yeah. and in the seat. And then he uh, runs so, away. So that that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, there the was a cool boss... car elevator in that. I like the elevator. They, they they were driving. They got the car in the elevator. Go up. Yeah. Charlie just runs. Knows exactly <laughs> where they're going. Yeah. Punches that glass. Uh, the next boss is killed. Um, they do the uh, what was, they called it an old ninja trick, where yeah, the boss like... is sleeping on his back with his mouth open. So they were able to sneak past the guards and he was able to get like a bamboo sh- stick, shoot like through the an opening between the right. door and... This is all based on the fact that they somehow knew they would be able to get access to an open window where the boss is sleeping with his mouth open and they properly measured the distance yes. uh, of how long of a stick they would need. But yeah, he's up. Straight. He's on the roof. Yeah. yeah, it's like a piece of bamboo. 
that has been cut in half. So it's got like a groove going through it. And there's a string uh, running along the groove and, and hangs down a bit. So he sneaks on the roof, puts that thing through the window. There's two guards directly below him. And they're doing the... Yeah. And they're just looking out. And they even see, because Speedy's there fighting some guys. And they're like, oh, should we go over there and help? No, they got this. Judge told us to watch the door. We got to watch this door. Hey, Judge is real good to us, you know. We better watch this door. We're going to protect him. Hey, at least those cops were looking out. They weren't looking in at the boss. The the only two guards... The only two guards in the building that should have been looking in because the boss was right there was looking out. <laughs> so uh, Charlie's like dripping poison onto the the string, which then runs down the length of the string to the end and then drips off, which is going right into the boss's open mouth. By the way, so. that was uh, done before in a James Bond film. Of course, it was executed much more and uh, much better. And the poisoning was done with thread. If you do, if you try to use string, uh, the soak poison is just going to get yeah soaked yeah. up. <laughs> the mm. String. That's why you want to use thread. I don't know. It was it, they were going for somebody. I guess my note on that was they saw this somewhere and thought it, it was, was a James good Bond. idea. <laughs> it was a James Bond movie. I believe it's uh, You Only Live Twice. I think that was the one. Uh, sure. so yeah uh, oh interesting happened after that I got my first Tubi ad all this time I never had Ooh. any advertisements on okay. Tubi but uh, all three movies I started getting advertisements for Crest and Febreze um, yeah I wanted to mention that to you too when we first started with Tubi a few months ago I'd get like an ad at the beginning of the movie and sometimes in the middle of a movie I'd get an ad this time, it was like every 15 minutes to half an hour, I was getting mm. a block of like two to three ads. Two of them would be to be um, promos. Right. And one would be like commercial. Like there was, uh, so they must be, you know, catered to wherever your location is. Cause I had CBC and uh, COVID 19 keep your wow. distance. I guess they just changed everything up recently. Because yeah, I never had to deal with yeah. any ads before. It's very strange, yeah. and it's not it's not done at any you know convenient time. They're they're not going through these films and saying what's well, a good point to cut. It just mid scene. It'll just. I didn't find that like it, it would. They would try to get it somewhere within a cut, and I would get a countdown too. I would say like an ad is coming up in ten seconds, huh. so you'd be ready for it. No, yeah. I don't think I noticed that. I, I was know, I watching it was on the. Kind of it might be like depend on what like you're watching on the computer. I was watching on the Xbox, so maybe that had something. Uh, to do maybe, with it. yeah. They just I don't know. Could be a Fandango effect. Maybe they figure, oh, we're getting yeah. all this traffic now. <laughs> maybe get some uh, get some sponsors going. Uh, so the next box boss uh, uh, or landlord. Uh, this is the one that Speedy takes over because this guy actually killed Speedy's. Was a cousin or brother or something? Is, yeah, Speedy gets a backstory all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> it's time for Speedy's backstory. It's just, it just, he said, they're up to the next one. He says, I want this one. And Charlie's so gung-ho. He's like, no, they're all mine. I'm going to kill them. I don't need your help and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, okay, you can help me. Um, but he tells about how his, his 
brother overdosed because this landlord was also a drug dealer and his brother was only like 12 years old. Um, so I want to kill this one. So he, he dresses up like a mailman and then puts a bag of rats over his head. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to go. <laughs> Why not? That was another fake out scene where I think they, they were hoping you wouldn't notice because Speedy's dressed as a mailman goes and delivers a letter to the the crime the landlord's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, house guard takes it in opens it up is like i'm gonna kill you or something and then speedy's running away dressed as a mailman the guards go out to chase him and then you can see it's clearly not him uh it's uh charlie mm-hmm. who's running away and then i guess you're supposed to still think it's him but you know you can see okay that's charlie that's charlie that's charlie and then finally he runs towards the camera his hat's down then he lifts his head up real like extreme close-up and that's supposed to be the reveal oh it was charlie all along they they really gotta like screen their dailies and just take a look at their footage by the way none of the reveals in this movie are by far even close to being the worst reveals that we will talk about in this episode Oh, I'm curious. Oh, come on. The next movie, the reveals in the next movie? Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. That's (laughs) a whole other story. Okay. (laughs) So after that, we're down to the last landlord. Oh, and this is a really good one. This is a really good one. Because to get to the last landlord, they have to go through like an apartment complex, like a building. Yeah. Yeah. This is the so last level in the video game. It, it, this is really like elaborate. They've they've got this elevator hooked so that no matter what button you press, you come out at one door. Because right now they know these guys are coming. You know, they, all the other landlords have been killed. So they've got it set up where you're going to go to this one uh, level and there's a guy with a machine gun waiting there. And then they got a guy with a machine gun in the stairwell also. So no matter what way these guys come up, they're going to get gunned down. And their machine guns were old Tommy guns from right, the 1920s. Right, it was like with the round yeah. uh, clip. Yeah. Real Dick Tracy style. <laughs> Tommy guns. Yes. Um, so at this point, uh, Charlie and Speedy, Speedy who stopped to get his hair done, uh, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> he had this like big afro right, uh, right. throughout the whole movie, and now he's got cornrows going. Um, it was like a victory celebration. I don't know. Well, he well. killed uh, Jackson. So. He got revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Treat himself to a day at the spa. So another one of his friends come. A, the guy who trained to murder with um, comes and he's like, hey, I'm here in New York. Um, let's go murder together. Okay. And all these guys there have no problem with all this revenge murder. They're just, eh, okay. Yeah. They're, the they're bad landlords. They're trying yeah. to kick out of your building. So um, they got to work their way up this building and get in to fight the, the main landlord guy. Um, but suddenly, the machine gun guys are taken out. But it's not them. It's like, oh, they're able to get into the building. They see them and they're like, oh, what's this? And like, forget about it. We don't have time to think about this. Let's go rush into here. Right. And then we get the, the wonderful scream fight. 
where everyone starts making funny noises and taking their shirts off and, mm-hmm. and just screaming at each other as they punch and kick. That's a big point of um, at least the first two movies, all the martial arts stuff. It was the age of you, you got to make funny noises when mm-hmm. you do martial arts. Well, they're all and, imitating Bruce Lee, right? Yes, so. yes. Well, I mean, they're not to sound offensive or anything there is that is part of martial arts like sure. part making the sound as you strike right but you know there's like a certain intent and you can tell when it's serious and you can tell when they're just making silly noises and screaming yeah yeah so they beat I, up a bunch of bad guys i i liked how this main he's like the su- we'll say he's the main landlord bad guy i like how he um really wanted to, he, he reminded me of donald trump a little bit he really wanted to get that victory lap in so bad because anytime he heard a gunshot outside of his door it was like ah oh, it's drinking time boys here let me pour everybody yeah. a shot yeah and it's like you don't even know what happened you're just you heard some gunshots and you're assuming they're dead that's that's <laughs> how you that's how the villains do i guess that's how the villains do so um they they get him Charlie finally uses his ninja stars and he, uh, I think he sinks like one or two of them into him. One in the hand, one in the neck, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, dun, 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 we get the big reveal of who the mastermind was all along, which is. The sensei. Yeah. Sensei, sensei. who we saw stroking that cat. That's right. Making, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, creepy the first looks third. and everything. Yeah, the first third of the movie we saw. We saw him, but now, yeah, now it's been revealed. Well, that's that's screenwriting 101. You can't introduce a new character that late into the movie. It's got to be right. something that you already right. saw. Right. Um. So, uh, it's him, and he has two sons that we briefly saw earlier in the movie. He was training, and of course, it's Charlie and his two friends. Everybody's got somebody to fight. It's like uh, Speedy and, and um, Sup Kim are fighting right. off. The, Sup uh, Kim was really good with the nunchucks. He was. Really they made sure to show that several times. Yes. He, he was, was a so... terrible actor, and you're wondering why he's in the movie, and then he showed off his nunchuck work, and you're like, oh, that's right. why he's They in found the movie. somebody who could do that. But then he's so good with them that after he beats somebody up, one of the henchmen, he, yeah. he throws the nunchucks away. Don't need those anymore. And when he throws them down, they look like they're made out of plastic. (laughs) They were definitely wobbling a lot when they hit that body. And then, you know, of course, there's somebody else to fight later. And you just, it's just like the boss. Don't celebrate too early. Right. Keep those nunchucks. A big fight on the rooftop between uh, Charlie and his sensei. Well, well, before that, the the sensei has them, right? He's got them cornered. He could kill them. Mm -hmm. But he's like, you know what? Come with me. Come up over here on the roof because I want to tell you exactly. I want you to understand before you die why I betrayed you. And so he, they get together and his big speech, the sensei's big speech is he wants to make sure that Charlie understands how much he doesn't care. That's why he's doing all the things <laughs> he's doing. But if you didn't care, why are you doing all this big grandiose speech? Wouldn't you just kill him? But we still don't know what the motivation is. Zero what, what is his goal? What is he trying to do? Does he need money? I don't know. Is he going to be the new landlord that kicks people out of their buildings to get money? 
he seemed fine running that dojo or whatever <laughs> yeah. the heck that thing is called. You he know, had like, some loyal students there. Yeah, he seemed fine doing that, but for some reason, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as much as fun as the uh, other kills were earlier, this is by far the most satisfying one for me because. After a big fight, 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 you get the scene where uh, Charlie's got a sword, Sensei jumps at him, and then, oh, he gets it in the gut. He wobbles back, falls down, and dies. Charlie, who's out for revenge, that's not enough. Mm-mm. He lifts the body up over his head, Darth Vader style, takes him to the edge, and throws him off a roof. And we get uh, to watch... Means throws a dummy off the throws roof. It, we get to watch a dummy... <laughs> fall all the way down and impact comedically on yes. onto another roof nearby yes. <laughs> which got a, a big laugh out of me well and i'll say that is why this was my favorite out of all three because i got a lot of um unintentional laughs mm, out, of this yeah. out, of, out of all three this one like had me laughing and, and like stopping writing notes and everything the most i don't know if it was because it was the first one but I definitely had the most fun watching this one. I definitely took more notes in the first film and then gradually less as we went yeah. along. Yeah. A lot of these Same. I probably didn't need to write down, but I was trying hard. We are 53 minutes in. We are you serious? About one movie. <laughs> I don't have any... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have any like uh, time. On this. I guess it is five fifty-three. Oh my goodness! All right. Um, all right. Well, thankfully, I think there's a little bit less to talk about in the next movie. A whole lot sure. of questions. Sure. Yes. Okay. Let's, right. let's get to it. Yeah. Let's Mission go. Kill Fast from 1991. In a secret government base lie the ingredients for world terror. They've just been stolen. Nick is an arms dealer. He has the nuclear detonators. The terrorists are ready to kill for this prize. The only one who can stop them is Tiger Yang and the Omega Assassins. government wants them back. Cat right wants revenge. And the body count rises. The heat is on and time is running out. Nerves of steel. Fists of iron. Assassins stop them in time. Mission Kill Fast. Don't 
you miss it? Uh, oh, is it my turn? I, I think I did the last one. Yeah. From Astro Zombies director Ted V. Mickles. You ever see Astro Zombies? I haven't, but I did look at a couple of reviews of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were really excited that this was a Ted V. Mickles movie. All right. He seems to be one of those um, low budget. Uh, he's got like a little following, like a trauma ish yeah, reputation about him. Must be. Uh, from Ted V. Mickles comes this adrenalized tale of high kicking CIA agent, vent of a high kicking CIA agent, vengeful Las Vegas gangsters, unhinged arms dealers, terrorists with nuclear weapons, explosions. And bikini-clad beauties. Mm, I don't think I agree with beauties. There were bikini-clad people in <laughs> this movie. That's, that's true. But I don't know about the beauties. There were bikini-clad women who agreed to be in the film. Pretty much, yeah. Film stars Cheng Wu Yang, Sharon Hughes, Sonny King, directed by Ted V. Mickles. Uh, writing credits, who cares? Runtime, an hour and 37 minutes. The budget was not enough, which is okay. one of the fun facts. I have no idea how much money this movie made. The poster tagline, one man against atomic terrorists. Again, that sounds very promising. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a little uh, thing called execution. Fun facts. Due to problems with financing, the film was not completed until nine years after principal photography began. Mm-hmm. Currently available on TubiTV.com. Yes. There you go. Yeah, when you look at this movie, I mean, you see the date, 1991. You expect a certain look, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what film video quality was at that time. This stuff looks like it was filmed in 1974. I mean, it, it was, I guess, the early 80s when mm-hmm. they were started making this, and they probably didn't have the best equipment or the best lighting or yeah. the knowledge to use them properly. But well, hearing that it took terrible. nine years to, to make it, that, that makes sense to finish the, the film. But yeah, it is definitely not as good looking of a film as the 1977 one, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Death Promise. But Death Promise looked like it had less of a budget than this movie did. This movie seemed to have a little bit more of a budget because there's more location uh, shoots, um they, well, more they, location, they they had I, I'm guessing part of it is they just were they shot where they were able to um, because at one point you get a Tiger Yang parade, which was just yeah, uh, there was a parade in Anaheim, California. You see that on like one of the banners. Mm-hmm. And then they also splice in some footage of Tiger Yang and his family driving along as if they're part of the parade, but the clearly they were just two different scenes and right. just spliced together. Yeah. So um, I, I'm guessing they just, whatever they had access to, like, okay, we got a pool we can shoot by. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. And I'm wondering exactly how much of it was filmed at the beginning and how much was filmed nine years later. Because when you watch the movie... I don't care about the um, plot or anything in this because I, I honestly couldn't follow it. Like so much stuff happened. I'm with you. Yeah. So many characters were introduced later. Um, it's something about there's, it starts with 
nuclear detonators right that were stolen from the government and they're going right. to be sold to either a Las Vegas mobsters or some militia group yeah Maybe they were connected somehow or I don't know something like that there are these detonators and the US government there's some FBI guys some some federal agents who are trying to get these detonators back and they need tiger yang's help well what it was is that the government could not go after these guys who have these detonators because apparently it's not illegal to have these detonators or to sell these detonators to a legit country a good like a good country so they have to catch these guys selling these detonators to somebody uh, rotten <laughs> to to like right. a, to a, a nefarious uh, uh, person or something. So because they can't do that, they hire Tiger Yang to go undercover and mess up their plans to go in and mess things up. Uh, right. Because the the government can't do anything on their own. It didn't make any sense. Tiger Yang was uh, so they needed him to go undercover for the CIA to do this thing. They pulled Tiger Yang off of a world tour. What, how, how are you going to get a guy to go undercover if he's world-renowned and on right. a world tour? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing this movie was meant to... It was either meant to be a vehicle for Tiger Yang to get him into uh, doing... Hey, Bruce Lee did it. Now it's your turn. You're a big martial artist. Maybe he had a little bit of a reputation... Or they were making this movie and they found somebody who was willing to be in it. So I don't know if it was based around him or if it was just he was some martial artist that they convinced to be in a movie. It's almost as if they had like some sort of weird script lying around and they're like, we need something for Tiger Yang. Oh, we'll just write him into this. Because yeah. there are large parts of the movie where you don't see Tiger Yang at all. The yeah, movie it, takes goes... a while f- it takes a while for you to be introduced to him he doesn't show up probably until like 15 minutes or so into the movie and even then i was just at first i was counting scenes like how many scenes is this guy actually going to be in because he's just he's there at the airport um okay he's there at the dojo and like but then you know they they put him in it was like okay now it's starting but then he's he's away again and there's a big noticeable transition probably around 30 minutes in where suddenly the the sound quality gets a little bit better, the picture quality gets a little bit better, and some of the actors they that they're new characters, a lot of them introduced about thirty minutes in, and their performances are a little bit better, like they've mm-hmm. had some experience. None of it's great, but right. compared to at the beginning of the movie where nothing is miked properly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many times where if there's music playing in the background, like they didn't know how to balance it, where there'd be dialogue, but there'd also be music and you can't hear what they're saying. Yeah, there there was a scene where it was the cop and that female cop. Uh, right. Who she shows up halfway through the movie and the movie takes a turn towards her thing. Anyways, I'll get to this technical part. Mm. They're standing in front of a fountain, I think, or some sort of waterfall. The and <laughs> right. And they, they 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 start talking and you can't hear because of all the noise, background yeah. noise. And there's this hard edit 
where it goes to like a completely different angle and then you can hear them talking perfectly and it was almost yeah. like as if they shot the scene like oh we can't hear these two talking well we can't get to that location again let's just have them stand over here and and do the scene again where, where they will be mic'd properly this time around yeah i think this is another case of they were shooting where they were able to just because they thought it would look good whenever yeah. that cop and that that girl um are having a meeting they're always meeting at some large public place at like mini golf or by a pond right, right. Uh, and you know i guess they just you know we can film here but it it's terrible like all of the audio is just awful the, the i don't movie, think they were miking there's a lot of echo and they weren't miked properly so the movie seems to be all over the place it starts at the beginning you got like this militia group that it looks like they're going to be selling these nuclear bombs or nuclear weapons to then you're following this cop who had like some really bad fake upper teeth. They were way too yeah. white and they yeah. stuck out. And you could tell when he was talking, he had like something in his mouth. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> you know? say his F is properly or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. He definitely had something there. So it follows him for a long time as he's doing all this stuff and all this reconnaissance work, I guess. Uh, and so it goes in that direction. Then you get to Tiger Yang for a bit. Tiger Yang goes in and infiltrates that building with all of his things. So you get some martial arts. And then it's this female cop story. Yeah. Who... Well, she she was the daughter of another cop that was right. killed while he was undercover with the militia. Right. Again, I think this was something that I missed. I'm not sure. I didn't feel like rewinding the movie to no, find out. It, like, it's just she's the daughter of the guy who got killed, and then suddenly they approach her like, "Do you want to be like a new secret agent? Like, right. you're you're suddenly yeah. James Bond. You don't need any cover. training. You're no. you're the you're the uh, offspring of someone who was a secret agent. So obviously you know how to do it. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, there yeah, are some models. So, There's something going on with models in a magazine. Yeah, and the scam, photographer scam magazine. scam magazine that looked like they were holding this. It was obviously a Playboy magazine, and they put this cover uh, over top of the Playboy that looked like it was drawn in pencil crayon with <laughs> big words scam on. You never get a clear look at that that cover, but you could tell that something's off uh, on it. Um, but yeah, the scam, which I guess is like a ripoff of Playboy, but it's all old ladies. Uh, how, how did you find the old lady swim swimsuit show? Did you enjoy that? Uh, the the Sinead O'Connor shaved head uh, bikini lady show. Yeah. yeah, I mean they were they were it wasn't just her though. They were all old like they were. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they they had no acting talent and they had no modeling talent because there there are plenty of shots where the guys like taking photos and the i don't know anything about model shoots but the the little you know little things you see on tv news reports mm -hmm. and stuff models tend to stop moving right. when so you take can... their picture <laughs> you know <laughs> not just keep spinning around in circles right then, i don't know uh, uh, this movie was so all over the place i couldn't follow what was going on i was just waiting for for more tiger yang scenes um there, there was one interesting thing they did. Um, Tiger, Tiger Ying. Sorry, I think I called him Tiger Yang. Tiger Ying, when he, or was it Tiger Yang? It's Tiger Yang. Yeah, okay, he's, it was he's Master Yang. Ying and Tiger Yang. Okay, got to get the Ying and Yang right. 
So um, when you first see him go into action, he and all of his black belt warriors from his school, they're all dressed in black and they, they run out like in the middle of day and, and they're like punching and kicking people at a garage. I don't remember why they were doing that. But towards the end of the movie, when it's nighttime, he's wearing like bright white and he's running around mm-hmm. punching and yes. kicking people. I thought it was an interesting choice. Okay, I got stealthy I got ninja. Action. Okay, so like when that that female uh, cop comes in, the daughter comes in. There's this whole like the movie goes off on this little tangent where she gets raped by the lead bad guy who is in disguise Wearing... as a, a, a police officer named yeah. Detective Peterson. This disguise that he's wearing. This is why I'm saying this was the worst reveal. I okay yes. This guy is wearing the worst eyebrows and beard, <laughs> fake beard I have ever seen in my entire life. There is absolutely no way outside of comedy, like where they wanted you to take it serious. <laughs> you know, eventually he knocks her out so he can rape her, and it goes on a close up where he does his reveal, and the actor can't really get it the stuff off like he wants and right he's yeah. like it's coming he's taking the beard off it's coming off in chunks he's going <laughs> with it right because he knows this is one take there's no money to do a second take so this is coming off in chunks and then he takes off his eyebrow and only, a, <laughs> only a piece of the eyebrow comes off oh my goodness and when... like as ridiculous as you think that is you're like there's absolutely no way that they could think to themselves that they could pull this off again that character shows up later they're not sure if if detective peterson is dead or not because people keep seeing him and uh eventually he meets up with some other bad guys and it's him it's the the lead bad guy the main antagonist again but he's got like that what's that called like under your chin where you just got the hair under your chin like the abe lincoln beard i guess but it was like yeah, it was just like hair that was just here underneath his chin. Kind of like a and goatee, but without the uh, mustache. Yeah. Mustache. And that was another disguise for him. No one could know who he is. He had to tell the other guy who he was. Hey, it's me. It's like, oh, my God. Is that you for real? I wasn't sure if they <laughs> were trying to be funny. Oh, my. It was. No, the crazy. first time when you see him, like, I remember seeing him earlier in the movie. He was just kind of in the background. And he kind of looks like Sean Connery, like muscled up. Yeah, a little bit, okay. a little bit, a little bit. Um, but then later on, when you see him, I assumed it was some kind of a reshoot, and maybe he didn't have the beard, so they just stuck that on him. I really couldn't remember, and like him saying he's Peterson, whatever. I couldn't follow this this movie in one way or the other, and so I thought that was just bad makeup. But you were supposed to believe that was him. I uh, and then they revealed disguise. it to disguise. It was like, and that's one thing. Well, I got to say, though, I got to say, you know how I hate the mask pulling off in movies? That's one. That's like my pet peeve. Mm -hmm. This was finally the realistic depiction of that in a. a... (laughs) Right. Except for the other characters not recognizing who it is. But that's what it would look like in real life if you were walking around with a mask like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bad acting, bad filmmaking aside, you fine they wanted to make a a a fighting kung fu nuclear whatever movie fine that's all harmless when you start dealing with uh rape 
in in movies, especially was, like yeah, this. Yeah, it was very tasteless. Very, uh, tasteless. very tasteless. It's it's not. They did not handle it well. No, they did not handle it well at all. She gets it, she gets raped <laughs> the next day. Uh, Tiger Yang and the cop with the bad teeth come in and see her. She's naked. Yeah, she has on a the bed. Right, and she's and it's it's not and the way she's laying, it's a very sexualized, provocative, right. provocative pose. But she's got these big bruises on her face. Yeah, and they come in with these big smiles on their face, like, "Hey, I guess you had a good time last night." And it's not until she like takes the covers and puts it over, like they're just staring at her naked. Yeah, they come in. They're they're not even friends. Like they just met her a few days yeah. ago. And, and Santos pulls the blanket over her, and they're like, "Oh, it wasn't a good experience." Like, yeah, you think? Yeah. And then, and then, story- she, then she's it, just okay later. Yeah, on. It goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. She it, doesn't it, get that, any sort of up, like revenge or anything. It just it went nowhere. No, if you're making a cheap schlocky film like this, don't don't do rape scenes. Uh, it, it, was, it was. It's one thing. If, I mean, it's one thing if you see like that's the intent of the villain and then somebody stops them you know it's like that, that's kind of an okay line you don't you don't go through with it um she dies uh, cool. <laughs> she, she <laughs> dies off screen i don't know if that was they couldn't get the actress nine years later she didn't want anything to do with the film, but probably she didn't. already did a nude scene. So I can't imagine she wouldn't have been okay for finishing the movie, but her character is just quietly killed off camera. Can we talk about uh, Tiger Yang's big gun when he shoots down that airplane? Can we talk about oh, that? The, yeah. yeah. So there was a point in the movie. This was probably the only good part of the movie. There was, there was a point where they, they stormed this house and they they're fighting, and I don't know if I like if I blinked or something. I missed something because they're fighting at this house, and all of a sudden it cuts to a full on uh, runway, airplane runway. It's like how the hell did they get there? I don't know. Yeah, that I is. I don't know awful. if it was. I don't know if it was supposed to be attached to the house, like this rich guy has his own uh, airstrip or something. I don't know, but it was I obviously taking notes by that point. <laughs> it was obviously at, a, at some other location. So it cuts hard to that. Uh, the bad guys get into this plane and one guy starts shooting it. And then Tiger Yang comes up with this like, just humongous gun. I, it's like I a, it's a bazooka that was made out of cardboard and milk crates. It had a bunch of extra stuff on it. I don't know anything. I don't even know how he got it into the car when he on his way to this there's no saying where he got it he could have picked it up at the mansion he could have had it in his back pocket you you never know because that's what charlie did during the roof fight in death promise right he's fighting fighting he takes his shirt off and suddenly has a pair of Raphael's size in his back pocket um well anyways yeah then he shoots down the plane with this uh big gun it made no sense whatsoever it came out of nowhere oh was this the movie this was the movie with all the explosions that and they, it's the they, exact same, it's the exact explosion, same explosion superimposed every time there's an explosion in this movie. Yeah, exactly. it was obviously I think they detonated something in the sky 
with like a fairly bright blue background. And every time they superimpose yes. it, like it's a night scene and something right. explodes, it suddenly yeah. gets blue and bright. Doesn't matter what time in the movie the explosion, the explosions always take place. Yeah. High noon. <laughs> Do you remember the final line in this movie? Oh, his was, reverb laugh, yeah. And it was something about, like, no, I don't go to South America, or I I wouldn't go to South America. And then it was just, yeah, just this weird laugh. And it, it, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> what no, are you laughing it, at? basically it was like, mission's over, okay, we're done. And then it's like the cops trying to get him. We got one more mission for you, Tiger. It's like, you want to go to South America? No, I don't go to South America. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> no idea. Bizarre. Maybe if it had a clever song like Death Promise, you yeah. forgive. Just cut to that yeah. song and you forget everything you saw. <clears throat> it, it just it was too uh fragmented. Like it wasn't as fun as, as the other movie. No, I didn't laugh out loud. I got a no, laugh out from really the big just gun. Lost. You have to be able to follow yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Tiger. That guy has a an actual uh karate school somewhere in California. If you look it up, you see it's like in a little strip mall next to a liquor store. Yeah. He's got a good business going. I mean, obviously, like, he's got some sort of talent to do kung fu. And because all that was, like, it seemed legit in some some way that he knew what he was doing. But, I mean, as, just a, as a movie that you could sit and watch for an hour and a half, it, uh, yeah, it, I don't know what the hell was going on. Also, he had some really cool helmet hair. His His hair was like this jet black shaped mm-hmm. like a helmet thing didn't seem to yeah. move at all didn't move nope hang upside down it didn't move <laughs> something else okay all right last movie of the night uh movie three hell comes to Frogtown from 1988 but but Bud Pines, Bud, Bud Pines, Bud, Pines, Bud, Bud Pines, Bud Pines, Bud Pines, Bud Pines. All right, the rundown. After a worldwide nuclear war where 68% of the male population was wiped out and virile men become a rarity, Sam Hill, a scavenger and highly virile man, is assigned to help rescue a group of fertile women kidnapped by humanoid frogs. The film stars Rodney Piper, Sandhal, Sandal, Sandal Burton. Sandal. Yeah. Seek, Sek. Sec Barrel? C-E-C. I don't know how you say that. Will Smith. Not that Will Smith. The other Will Smith. And Rory Calhoun. Now there's I a name Rory. you recognize. I, yeah. He was uh, in a lot of westerns back in the day. And I believe on a TV show called The Texan or something like that a long time ago. Uh, director is Donald G. Jackson and R.J. Kaiser. Kaiser. Two directors two directors on this uh writing credits is Don- donald g g jackson again oh. and randall frakes i wonder if he's related to jonathan frakes you know i every time i see that name i can only think of jonathan frakes uh, maybe that's runtime? where he got like his uh his in maybe oh he was uh, a runtime. Runtime. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
forget it. Edit that out. Pause for edit. Runtime is one hour and 28 minutes. Uh, budget was $7 million. That's surprising. In a way, yes and no. There was a lot more effects in this. A lot, a lot of makeup happening. A lot of and makeup. Then, and then you did have some salary that you had to give out to some. Yeah. I, I'm surprised $7 million. Because yeah. they obviously, you know, shot bare minimum. Uh, poster line. Trapped in a nuclear... Wasteland, surrounded by mutants, Sam Hell has a mission to fertilize as many women as possible. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Fun facts. The script was written in six days, and the film was shot in 19. Get out. Daniel Stern <laughs> was considered for the, the role of Sam Hell. What about Apparently... Apparently, he wasn't happy with the character. He wanted to change some things. Mm. Cindy Lauper visited the set. Must have had a friend there or something. Maybe. There was a crappy sequel called Frogtown 2. Nobody returned. I, uh, I clicked on the director's name, and I thought I saw a bunch of Frogtown. Like, were there more? I think so. I think like this was... They wanted to do like a frog town. They they were trying to they thing. basically made this because they wanted to make a franchise out of it. I, yeah, it definitely feels like that. Like there were there was a big universe that they created. Well, yeah, we'll get to this, but to the film's credit, they they didn't uh, they didn't they didn't expend all of their ideas in one film. Mm. They mm. left a lot of room for more. Right. Okay. Currently available on TubiTV.com. I suppose Cindy Lauper, she was a big, uh, like she was friends with all those wrestlers and that, right? Well, he was in the Goonies video, Roddy Piper. Yeah, she was always, like, they were always in all of her videos. The guy with the rubber bands on his face Uh, was in her. Lou Albano. Yeah, okay. They were always in her uh, videos. So I think she was friends with all of them. So maybe that's why she was there. Maybe. Who knows? All right, let's talk about this thing. Hell Uh, Comes to Frogtown was my favorite watch of the three uh i I can't say the same (laughs) well for one it is absolutely the most competently made film technically the best absolutely for sure well i mean if you didn't know it was low budget i mean for the most part it's like well shot well lit Mm -hmm. uh just the direction it's i mean obviously they're just on the back lot of California. It's those same mountains I think that you see in every friggin' movie and TV show over and over again. Um, but yeah, technically, absolutely 100 percent They, 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 knew, got some they knew how to use a camera. They knew how to yeah. set up lights. They knew how to I mean, mic people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They must have gotten some people that knew what they were doing to work on this movie mm-hmm. for sure. 100 yep. percent Uh Roddy Piper is not a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um and neither are really any of the other actors in this movie, but I'm guessing it was more the direction. Um, a lot of the film, your characters get little one-offs, like little uh, side glances, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just a look, mm-hmm. just a, a reaction. Um, there, there's a scene where you know they're they're in a bar later on. He's got the one woman by the uh, on a collar. 
and you know he's talking to somebody but he's just like casually tugging at it to annoy her and you get little right. shots of her you know like knock it off little things like that make a big difference uh as opposed to like the first two films we watch where it's basically here's the shot i got the camera go say your lines okay cut okay go say your lines and cut here like ca- characters were able to breathe they were able to just chew the scenery a little bit and just you know act naturally and, and it was more believable the characters were at least consistent in this movie where there's a very clear uh plot that you can follow very clear objectives the characters have their types um you know you're the the reluctant hero you're the the uh stick in the mud boss you know everybody has their type and they stay true to their characters throughout the movie um so again very competently put together of this is our idea we're going straight through this and everyone does what they're supposed to do no crazy rocket bazookas coming out of nowhere and stuff it just it it was a movie it was movie for sure it was movie (laughs) uh i I will say uh the, the one frog girl the one that was dancing when you first see her, she's on the table and she's their, yep. their connection. Mm-hmm. I thought she was pretty good uh, acting wise. She seemed like considering she I, had all that makeup on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who she is. I, I tried to look her up, but I couldn't tell like what her character name was. So I, and then I just gave up um, because there was not a lot like in IMDB. Surprisingly, a lot of the <laughs> actors wouldn't put their uh, photo up for this mm-hmm. movie. So it was hard to tell who was who. But I thought she was pretty good. She must have had like some sort of training or something. But as for the rest, I could, I think the rest of the actors that were chosen for this film were chosen for the way that they look more than how they. Yeah, there was some. I, I there was one other little fact in there about the the actress who played um, the the blonde Spangle Spangle. Spangle yeah, thank okay. you. Yeah, uh, Spangle was in charge of the mission. She has a scene later on where she has to do like a, you know, sexy striptease dance mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And apparently that was supposed to be a nude scene. They had a different actress, I think, who was on board first. But when she signed on, she said like no nudity in my contract. So that was uh, changed a little bit. So they, they really were the other actress, the, the tough girl with the, the machine gun she had a nude scene and that was in her contract also. Mm-hmm. So they, they were picking, you know, like sexy right. ladies to, to put in front of the yeah. camera. Um, I did not think that uh, Spangle, apparently she, that actress is in going to be in a couple of movies that we'll be doing. Apparently she's in the Conan and in Red Sonja. Apparently. I don't know. All I, all um, I remember is she, she kind of looked like Roy Scheider. I was going to say the same thing. That's what exa- I have it written down right here. She, it's. I think it's partly the glasses that they gave her. Yeah, she, she's got Brody glasses. Exactly. She looks like uh, Jaws, like uh, Roy Schneider and Jaws. It's. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no. Yeah. There was something. I think it's like the nose and yeah. and the jawline. She just yeah. some totally. similar characteristics there. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean. Okay, so this guy has this. Uh, he he's fertile. He's one of the few fertile men around. The government puts a high priority on preserving these men because they need 
they're at war with somebody else, right? And the people that they're at war with is also trying to repopulate their uh, side, if you will, so they can have more men to fight in the war. So it's a commodity, basically. So they attach this thing over his genitals so he he's cannot... got a chastity belt like pretty like much a cybernetic chastity belt and spangle is given control of like she can if she touches one earring it'll give give him a uh, pain it'll yep. hurt him and if she touches another earring it'll will explode yeah so they basically have him tied he signed on to this contract he was going to be killed by some guy so he's he signed up to this contract now that where he has to follow these rules and all that um haven't this is this movie is from 1988. Uh, the first uh, in, uh, in vitro uh, insemination was in 1978, successfully done in 1978. So none of these people have heard of this in virtual fertilization, where you can just like just take a sperm and use They're the old in a turkey baser. Holocaust. That, that, uh, those services have, may may have been damaged or something. They have the technology to know immediately if you are fertile or not. They just, they got like some sort of portable fertile thing. Cause they keep, they could tell who is fertile and who isn't at the, so they have that ability. Uh, they have the ability to strap on these things onto people's genitals that'll explode. And it's got remote detonators with earrings and all that. They haven't figured out in vitro fertilization or insemination, I guess I should say a technology that's already been around. They can't figure that out. You don't. You can't put that on a movie poster. I see. You got to have uh, Roddy Piper and some sexy ladies. Okay, just make it sure. That's it. Make it sure that's what it is. So the frogs, uh, they got a bunch of uh, fertile ladies trapped. They kidnapped some some ladies and they're holding them for their harem or to be sold. I forget. So they need. Well, he needs the. He needs somebody to do the three snake dance for him. Remember, right? So maybe right, right. maybe one of these ladies can do that for him. I don't know. Um, so they need to get these women back to the base, so this so Roddy Piper can have sex with them and repopulate the thing. So the person that they chose to go over there and rescue the ladies is Roddy Piper. Mm. Wouldn't you want to keep him at the base and keep him? safe and not put him out in a dangerous mission well they don't even care about the ladies because they find the one and then they just uh <laughs> they're good. give her a That's wristband right. and say all right start walking you'll, you'll be all right <laughs> yeah you'll be fine we, we got to keep just going walk, walk across the desert and uh the signal will, will shoot off and they'll come pick you up we need you out of the sure script thing. so we can yeah, keep we're, going. you're you're done you you were there for this like threes company moment in the it, with the the three girls, so there could be mm-hmm. uh, sexual tension between Roddy Piper and Spangle. Um, but then once we're done with you, yeah, you can just walk back. Sure thing. Yeah, uh, there was uh, too many, way too many plot holes uh, in the movie. Uh, I, I mean, I, at least yes, you, at least you could uh, follow it. But I don't know. I just wasn't having too much fun with it. I didn't have any too many laugh out loud moments. No, yeah, not as laugh out loud was definitely death promise. That yeah. that was like the satisfactory. This is hokey. This is bad, but uh, I, I can have some fun with it. Um, it. It wasn't bad enough, 
I think it needed to be worse <laughs> for me. Like, it well, that's the to, thing. Like, yeah, I guess it is a little too competent in some areas. Um, towards the end, it, it just gets a little awkward. There's suddenly, like, some of the stuff doesn't make as much sense as the beginning did. Um, but uh, costumes were pretty good at sometimes. Comically thought, fun. I thought the Frogman costumes looked. Get ready, get ready. People are going on Discord right now. Start typing away. I thought the costumes in this movie looked just as good as that first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. They were in a way, yeah. A little less articulation uh, in the faces of that, but the 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 main ones. There were like two or three like total frogs, and then there were others where it was like half frog, and they were just wearing like turbans and stuff. Well, you could tell those were designed not to have any sort of back or anything, because those are really... That's what takes the longest time, apparently, is the back of those full head uh, yeah. pieces. Like, the bad guy had that You gotta full, seal like, it up somehow. Right. Uh, and no articulation in the face. That's, those were, that's what those were designed for. But any yeah. of the main characters, I mean, I don't know, looked, looked pretty good to me. Yeah, it, it just depends on how you light it, how you shoot it. You know, you can yeah. make it look a lot better. But uh, I, I found that it was uh, easy to follow. Characters were nice. There were little moments where, you know, you cut away and you see a little character development, but character quirks. I just, like, like there seemed to be uh, so many moments where there could have been a nice one-liner or something funny really said. Mm. And nothing really that funny or interesting was ever ever said like i never got it's it's not a perfect film there's definitely room for improvement um but if i focus on the positives um like i said earlier they didn't they didn't shoot their load with this first (laughs) uh, movie they um they, they left a lot of opportunity for more things to happen because it really is just a a rescue mission they don't, they don't, you know, end the war. They don't uh, have a big confrontation and take out the main uh, bad guy or anything. It's just this one little thing. It's kind of like Dread, where they're just doing this one uh, mm-hmm. call in the city, yeah. but there's still so many other problems. There's still it's so like much it, more going on. I know it's it's kind of comparable, but it's almost like a Mad Max movie in yeah, a way where yeah. it's just one part, like one little small story that's happening with a world where a lot more is going on. Right. Sin City, Mad Max, all that kind of stuff. You, you feel like they set the world up enough that you get a little piece of it and you can, you can enjoy that piece knowing that there's so much more out there and right. your, your imagination can go into like, Oh, I wonder what happened here. What could happen there? And then you start getting that, like there could be more, this could be a, a cool comic book or they could make a TV series out of it. And there's a lot more potential there. So it hit that, that good spot where if you liked it, it would make you hungry for a little bit more and you could get the franchise going. Yeah, I, I agree. Hmm. Okay. I, I, what else is there to say? The uh, Mercedes necklace on the fro- lead frog Mercedes guy. Was, necklace. Uh, Mercedes they do necklace. the Mad Max scene at the end where they're driving around and the frog heads just like bouncing around. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. Look, look pretty bad. Um, yeah, that's it. It's, yeah. yeah. I'd say that's it. Uh, um, Death Promise is the that's kind of what we came for. 
yeah. that's your your enjoyably bad, um, poorly acted, poorly lit, and you know you can sit down with somebody and just watch that and have a good time. Um, Mission Killfast is a total mess. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they don't know where to begin or to end or what's happening. Bad choices all around. I, I forgot to mention in Mission Killfast too. For, forgive me, but there's one part where they are trying to establish that there's two helicopters that are coming in for this raid, but that all they do is they show the same helicopter landing at a different angle twice, and you know it's the same helicopter because it has like these big numbers on the yeah. side of it. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, did they just like jump at it and accidentally like show the same helicopter landing twice or are there two helicopters? And it wasn't until the, the helicopters left that it went out of its way to show the same helicopter taking off twice. So I'm like, okay, there are two helicopters, even though you only ever see one helicopter. I was wondering about it. I, I must've blanked. <clears throat> I must've blanked on when they said two helicopters. Cause I just remember seeing a helicopter take off and then another helicopter take off. Like, yeah. Did they yeah. show that twice by accident? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was because they, one helicopter, it wouldn't have made sense to only have one helicopter to transport all the men that they took to this base. But it seems like a really odd detail for them to go into, considering all the other details that they just left on the well, floor. Well, if you're so inclined to go back and check, I'm pretty sure that's the very same helicopter we saw at the beginning of the film oh, I that drops so. off the detonators. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. Anyways, sorry to go off on it. No, so, yeah, that was a mess. And then Hell Comes to Frog Town is somewhat competently done and has some good elements to it, but ultimately is, you know, kind of stupid. Yeah. It's just it's 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 a little too far beyond uh, the terrible movies, but not close enough to a, a good movie. It's yeah, it's it. A, it it was just a little too dull for me. Like I, if they were having a little, it didn't seem like as if they were having as much fun as they should have had with this movie. Mm. Like if maybe Daniel Stern would have been a better, cause he's at least a bit of a comedic actor, you know, <laughs> uh, even though I thought I was, I didn't think Roddy Piper was as bad as I thought he was going to be. He can deliver a line. Like he can act a little bit. He's not great at it, but he's somewhat competent. Uh, he, he's also not overused, you know, there, there's a balance yeah. between him and all the other actors. They all have their their moment to shine, and that, I, I think pacing wise, of you know, here's the concept, here's the scenario, let's get moving. Yeah, it, the the film moves at a pretty good clip. Mm. Um, it does get sluggish towards the end because the ending's a little little dumb, but I don't know. Like, why it's would not, they? It's not bad. The the frog king guy or whatever comes and blows up their their car he thinks they're all dead and and of course spoiler alert of course they're not because they show up like after he's like sitting there he's like oh man they're all dead and then they they come around the corner and because they took off they're like the the king blew up our our car so we went to go hide behind these rocks and then you went and we just i guess they just sat back and watched them fight yeah (laughs) it it doesn't make any sense (laughs) and then they came around the corner she also took the time to change her clothes yeah, she what, uh, <laughs> but I guess she had a spare. Somewhere. Sure. Well, yeah, maybe her maybe her other clothes got singed when the car blew up or something. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, there you go. I think we said enough about these three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a three snake dance, 
which alludes Dance to the frog the king. Snakes, yes. Yeah, the, uh, he's he's got three dicks or something, and he needs a hu- a human female, I guess, in order to arouse him. Mm-hmm. Then I don't know what he was going to do with these after he his his three penises when he got aroused, but he's going to do something with them. I, I don't know. But then she kicks him in the balls three times. Three times. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Female there you go. Was worth it. <laughs> I suppose. All yeah. right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, staying with us for this extended to be trash. How long have we been recording? How long has this been? Oh gosh, uh, am I still recording? An hour That's and thirty-six bad. minutes. That's not Maybe bad. We've done not worse. Bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up. Discord, Discord, Discord. Go over to Discord and tell us what you thought of these three movies, please and thank you. We'd love to have uh, more conversation. Uh, absolutely, watch uh, Death Promise and let us know what you think of it. I thought it was fun. Um, and then I know a bunch of you have already watched Hell Comes to Frogtown. So, you know, let us know what you There's think of that over in Discord. That. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, I forgot my fun fact. Well, this is not the first time that I've seen Hell Comes to Frogtown. You watched it before. I, I did. Um, when? I, I didn't remember much of anything, but probably sometime in the late 90s or so, I bought the DVD from a supermarket. I saw it in one of those uh, cheap DVD bins. And this is back when DVDs were, you know, fairly new and right. commanded a, you know, a higher price. But it was yeah. still like two or three bucks in a in a discount bin. Wow. And I, I watched kept it, it. And I wish I had. Now I'd Black appreciate it more. Because back yeah. then I watched it once and I was like, ah, it's pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever watched it again. I threw it away. Um, the only thing I remembered was him, you know, sitting like tied to a chair at the beginning and then that they walk into a bar with frogs in it that's all i remembered yeah uh, yes this is not my first time fair enough there's a bunch of movies i've seen that i totally forget that i watch and then when i see them again i'm like oh yeah i did watch this a long time ago okay next month get ready for more spangle because apparently she is in both Arnold, no, both Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Barbarian, and Red Sonia. She's in all three. Really? Apparently. I know she's not she's Red the, Sonia. I can no, still she's picture some, that. She's actress. a queen? Said queen something? I just looked at it quickly. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, they're sitting okay. on my PBR, and I got to make room on my PBR, so I'm, I'm ready to watch these. Um, in June? We have uh, 70s Jack Nicholson. We'll be watching The Last Detail, Five Easy Pieces, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I'm also going to give Chinatown another watch because I think you guys are crazy for not liking it. And then in July, we got a good idea. We got a good idea. Just That's leaving it there? I don't know. Should we? Should we go in a little more? Or hey, You can tickle. Next, next fan, tickle your ass with a feather. There you next go. Next Fandango, the next episode, we're going to be setting something up that involves myself, Richard, Creepy Josh, and Curtis for the July film Dango. We got something to discuss and we'll be something to set up and we'll see how it goes. It's a really good idea that Josh came up with. And we have a 15 minute time limit. <laughs> oh, God. Apparently. 
if, if it's anything like this episode, I don't know. But 15 minutes, we're only allowed to discuss it, and we'll discuss it. Are we allowed to discuss it beforehand, or we got to wait for that 15 minutes? I think when we stop recording, there's no way that they can find out what we talked about and what we didn't talk about. So, Ooh, <laughs> yes. Okay, I think that's it, right? That's it. That's, that's all. This is all right. enough. I'm going to 